1430 and Talk 96.7 present Ask the Preacher with your host, Jonathan Freed. This is a call-in talk show where you can have your Bible questions answered. And it's sponsored by Believer's Fellowship Church. Believer's Fellowship Church is located in North Lakeland on North Socrum Loop Road. Oh, we're up. All right. Hey, I missed the cue. Sorry, folks, but I'm, uh, I hope uh, that you haven't missed the program. Glad you have tuned in. It is a few minutes after 5 o'clock here on this Friday, just a couple days before Mother's Day. We'll talk about that, some a uh, few other things to talk about as well. But welcome to the Ask the Preacher program. Uh, this is, in fact, a question and answer talk show. If you don't ask questions, then I have no answer. Uh, but I'd like to uh, just at least have a discussion with you. So the number in the studio, as always, is 863 682 1430 863-682-1430. So uh, feel free to call in, and um, we'll see what uh, what topics we get into today. But everybody, put your hands together and welcome uh, my son in the faith, Jonathan Alagado, into the studio. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday to you, Lakeland. Yeah, good to have you, Jonathan. And, uh, you know, we were talking just a moment ago. It is Mother's Day coming up just a, a couple days away, and uh, you and I had uh, very different experiences growing up, and, and the reality is um, the, the experiences of everybody out there. We have different kinds of mothers, different kinds of fathers. Uh, some are good, some are bad. Um, we have good kids, bad kids, all, all this all this kind of stuff. Um, but when you, when you boil it all down, when you get into the Word of God and you find out who Jesus is mm-hmm. and what God has supplied and what He has given— um, none of us are without excuse. Uh, there are some that the upbringing was was wonderful, uh, maybe maybe protected, maybe sheltered. Um, a, a word that gets thrown out a lot in today's world is privileged. Um, there are people of of every race that are privileged. People of every race that are unprivileged. It just depends on what you're what you're aiming at. Yes. Um, but the reality is, none of us are without excuse. Um, none of us make it. To, to heaven uh, because of the way we were brought up. None of us go to hell because of the way we were brought up. Uh, we all end up coming to a place of making our own decision as to whom we will serve. Yeah, I think, you know, in that aspect, we're all born with zero identity. I'm all, we're all born with a blank slate and through... Well, let me correct you if I might on, on that. We're, we're born with an identity of sin. Correct. Yeah. So I have this blank We canvas. all start there. Right, we have this blank canvas, and through people that I meet, uh, relationships that I put myself in, circumstances that pass, I paint this picture of myself to myself, and and you know through through relationship, circumstance, life itself, it paints the picture of who I am. When I'm born again, I get to throw that easel away, and nice. my my easel is 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 wiped clean. So, the whole di- idea of the gospel is, you know. And this is not to, to say anything bad against my mom. My mom is great. She's doing wonderful. But, you know, my, my childhood wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. I went to prison. I was drug addicted, all that stuff. But the idea is when I'm born again, 
you should be able to look at me and listen to me and not see or hear any of those things. Yeah, that, that meeting we were in today, we uh, Jonathan and I were in a meeting in Tampa all, all day today, and uh, all sorts of stuff was dis- discussed. Uh, mRNA, uh, we were listening to some scientists um, concerning uh, vaxology, uh, mRNA, DNA, RNA, all, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but one of the guys that was uh, speaking who's involved in um, a lot of national security, uh, worldwide uh, endeavors. Uh, anyway, he ended up going through a rundown of titles. Oh, man, it was mm. so awesome when he when he did that. And remember he said um, he's talking about Rahab the harlot in the story of Jericho in Joshua chapter 6. We have the story of, of Jericho. Joshua chapter 6, I think that's correct. Yeah. Um, and so the story of Jericho and the spies uh, from Israel, Israel's spies that were let into the city of Jericho by this harlot or by this prostitute named Rahab. She lets them come into the city because she heard that Israel was coming and that Israel would, would destroy uh, Israel's God would cause Israel to win this battle, no matter how fortified Jericho is. Right. And so she believed this. She allowed these spies to come in in exchange for her own her safety. Yeah. She, was, she was a wise woman. Anyway, and so when, uh, when, when Dr. Kevin was talking about this concerning uh, Rahab, he says, all through the Bible, she is called Rahab the harlot. Rahab the harlot, Rahab the harlot. She's mentioned several times, but there's one time... Where, Matthew chapter one. Yeah, where where she is not mentioned as the harlot, then that is when she is brought uh, in the in the lineage of Jesus. She is actually part of the lineage of Jesus. Yeah, is really quite phenomenal. Um, but that that title, if you will, the harlot, was stricken from from that. And so the understanding is this is, is so powerful. When we come into Jesus, um, those titles of who we were before Christ, they're removed. The That's easel right. is thrown away. The the whiteboard is is washed Wipe off clean. clean. The chalkboard is it's not just dusty. Yeah, he shakes up my done. world. Purified, clean. Second <laughs> um, Corinthians five seventeen. Uh, all things have become new. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So the life that we find in in Christ is is just it's just amazing uh, what Christ does. So whether you were a thief, whether you were a liar, whether you've committed adultery. Uh, whether you've committed murder, um, no, no matter what it was in the past, when you come to Jesus, the old has passed away, and mm-hmm. you stand before God perfectly clean because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Thank Praise you, God. Jesus. Uh, and we'll talk more when we return from this break. You are listening to Ask the Preacher. My name is John, and we also have John in the yeah, studio Yeah, don't forget today. to call in 682-1430. We'd like to hear from you guys this Friday afternoon. We'll be back. Welcome back to Ask the Preacher, a call-in talk show where you can have your Bible questions answered with Jonathan Freed. This program is sponsored by Believer's Fellowship Church. Welcome back, everybody. Glad to uh, have you with us here this uh, wonderful Friday afternoon. Hey, listen, uh, I need it to rain. My, my grass is, uh, is, is looking pretty pretty rough. I need it Me to rain. Too. So you guys pray for some rain. The, the forecast has been saying it's uh, like a, a chance of rain like all day long, and then you don't even get a drop. I mean, come on. But uh, I don't know why that came out. It just, it just did. It popped in my head. My grass is... Ch- chanting and hooting around the fire right <laughs> Do, now. Doing a rain dance. <laughs> um, so 
We we talked right before we went to the break, uh, just talking about the the change that comes to us uh, through through Jesus Christ. We we got there and talking uh, first about upbringing, about moms. This is Mother's Day um, weekend, I guess, and and so the the reality is when we come before God and on our on the day of judgment, if you, if you were to stand before God. You wouldn't be able to put blame on anyone mm, else. That's good. We are we are all without excuse. Uh, there's no one else to blame. You say, well, my mother this, or my dad this, or or my wife this, or my my husband this, my children this, my friend this. You know, well, but this happened to me in my life. You know, and uh, this hardship or or whatever. N- none of that. None stands. of those things are greater than what God did through Jesus Christ. Because when I present these things to, to, to the judge yeah. as evidence of why my actions take place, none of those things hold any water concerning yeah, they, they don't out, outweigh. And, and so if we can say that differently, what Christ did outweighs those things. Yes. Um, they, they, are, they are more weightier. They're more powerful. What Christ did is more powerful than all those things that have come against us. And so oftentimes in... Um, in our in our life, and 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 please hear me. I, I'm not I'm not trying to make it sound. I don't want it to sound in any way that I'm not compassionate towards what people have experienced in life. But oftentimes in our society, we point the finger, we cast the blame on all of these outside things, and say this is why I am the way I, that I am. So therefore, it should be accepted or it should be excused as the way that I am. But the reality is, it's not. All of those things, as bad as they are, as terrible as they are, as much as I wish they wouldn't happen to anybody, the truth is they do happen to all sorts of people. But we're not without escape. We're not without excuse. Right. Um, And so my, my, my heart feels very broken towards people that have experienced some really, really terrible, really bad stuff in life. Um, but the answer back is there is a God to redeem us. There is a God that lifts us out of, of those problems and out of those troubles. And and though uh, all the circumstances of life may be stacked against a person, um, it it just it makes the story of overcoming yes all the greater. Because here's what happens when 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 everybody gives their story about why they can't succeed or why they'll never, you know, even Christians now, this is not just the word, I'm talking about yeah. Christians, on why they can't do something that you encounter, you you pull on zero grace that enables you to walk in the truth of the gospel. All we've done is we've, we've, we've made two people groups. We've made victims and we've made villains. When I when I get my little support group and they they all they've done is they've enabled me to continue to to live in these feelings that project no grace in order for me to walk in the truth of what Christ has called me to. That's you know when I have a support group that just you know like you said I have compassion on you yes praise God everybody goes through something but nobody is is without going through something. Well, and, and then when I'm going through something, I want people to have compassion on me. But the reality is uh, there and, – and let me use a different word. We often are looking for sympathy, um, which is a little different than compassion. Uh, compassion 
literally is is a is a more of an active word. It, yes. it reaches its hand in to help to change to pull something uh, away or not to, pull to say someone they're out. there. Yeah, sympathy alone just says, "Oh, I feel so bad for you." I, I, With I, no, I'm not doing anything to help you, but I feel bad for you. So, but uh, oftentimes when I'm going through something, that's actually all I'm really wanting is just a little bit of sympathy, make me feel <laughs> better about the, my responses to situations. But it doesn't help me. It, ultimately, it doesn't help me out. So, true compassion gets down in the in the mud and helps somebody out. That's what Jesus had on us. That's what God had. If I could say it that way, that's what God had on us. It was true compassion, and he demonstrated that compassion through the person of Jesus Christ. Um, he, God became flesh, dwelt among us. Uh, he paid the sacrifice. Uh, he became a man, human being, just like we are. He suffered the temptation and the frailty of human life, just like we suffer that, and he overcame. And, uh, I want to I capitalize on that word, overcame. 1 John 5, 4 tells us that whoever is born of God, whoever wow. is born of God overcomes the world. Now, let me let me specify what, what that means, whoever is born of God. That's talking about being born again. Yes. That's the new birth, the new creation A that child comes of faith. Through, through giving your life to God. You say, my, my life is worth nothing. I'm, I'm going to die to myself. That's not suicide. That's die to my own will. I, I you know, I... I'm not living for me. I am now dead to me. I am going to live for God. Right. Um, and so when we be, when we do that, that's part of the process of becoming born again. So whoever is born of God overcomes the world. So if I can uh, add some definition to that, when we overcome the world, that means the world and all the stuff that is in it, all of the trial, all of the trouble, all of those— The hurt, the pain, the scars. All of it. All of it, all of, all of the things uh, that, are, that are of the world, of its evil nature, of its evil outcomes, all of the things that want to attach its tentacles and its hooks and try to pull me down and, and cause me to fail. Um, he that is born of God, whoever is born of God, overcomes Overcome. all of that, overcomes all of that. And then it goes on and says, now this is the victory that overcomes the world. It is our faith. Even our faith. It is our faith. It is our believing. Right. It is our belief in God. It's not the evidence God. that the world gives me that I've overcome. It's not the feelings sometimes that may come when I'm having a bad day. And it's none of those things that are, that are the evidence that I've overcome. It's my faith in the one who has overcome. It's my faith in God, the one who has overcome yes. for me. So if, if, you can, uh, if you can picture it that way, uh, you know, I, I said this recently in church, um, that the absence of, of problems is, is not the evidence that everything is going, going well. That doesn't, that's not the, the evidence to say that, oh, man, they must be in faith. They have no problems. Uh, no, not at all. But yet at the same time, um, I, I also don't want to advocate to people, oh, you should always be going, you know, you know in this life, we're going to have trouble. That's true, we will. But if we're always in trouble, something's wrong. Right, right. Our, our life should not be 100% problem. Pain, 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 pain. No, pain. there's victory and there's there's joy. And then will, will, excuse me, will there be challenges? Oh, absolutely. But we've got to overcome those things. And we overcome through, through faith. And then um, the scriptures like 1 John 5, 4, indicating to us that that man we have really already overcome when we become born again 
So do we realize that overcoming? Is all that overcoming just on the surface and, and, uh, and, and right there evident, right, right at our fingertips, um, you know, in the palm of our hand? No, not necessarily, but it's, it's been given to us already. And yes. we walk it out little by little by little as we see God more clearly. You, you read a verse out of Colossians 3 yeah, it was during, during the break. It's so, so powerful. Colossians 3, uh, verses— 13 and 14. Verses—well, Colossians 3, 3 and 4. Oh, 3 and 4, excuse out me. Out of the Passion says, Your crucifixion with Christ, you being dead to yourself and alive to him, has severed the tie to your old life, and now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. And verse 4 says, And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are— will also be revealed, for you are now one with him in his glory. So I think what we're read, talking about... Read the, read the next verse. says, So from now on, live as one who has died to every form That's of right sexual there. sin and impurity, and live as one who has died to the desires of forbidden things, and put, put to rest the desire for filthy riches, which is the es- essence of idol worship. Yeah, so so that's that's really where it comes into the ev- evidence of of uh, this new life in Christ. We don't live for ourselves for our own pleasure. Uh, we don't live for our own gain. We now live for Him. Uh, so you know, there's challenges that still happen in life, but we overcome uh, because our race. All of a sudden, I don't mean our ethnicity. I'm talking about our, our drive, our motive. The race in which we run in life uh, is different now. I'm not running for myself. I'm running for him. Right. I represent Team Jesus. I don't represent Team John. So the condition of the track or the course has no bearing on my motivation for running because yeah. I'm not running for me. It's not my own prize. Right. He's he's my prize. I've already got my prize. Yeah. Now I'm running with it. Right? Yeah. And so, you know, that uh, that verse, Colossians 3, verse 4, uh, the, the very, um, in King James, when Christ, who is our life, my life my living, my motivation, my drive, my purpose, it's all found in Christ. It's not about me. Right. It's about Him. Folks, we have to take a break. It is the bottom of the hour. So good to have you with us listening to the Ask the Preacher program. Uh, You don't have to just listen. You can be part of the talking heads here by giving us a call. (laughs) 682-1430. We'll be back in a few minutes with more. You're listening to Ask the Preacher with Jonathan Freed, a call-in talk show where you can have your Bible questions answered. It's sponsored by Believer's Fellowship Church. Welcome back, folks, to Ask the Preacher. It's a uh, wonderful Friday, May the 12th, 2023, just a couple days away from Mother's Day. And so uh, let me invite you to Believer's Fellowship Church on Mother's Day morning. And so, uh, what is it, 8.30, we have a breakfast for everybody, not just mothers, but 8.30, we have breakfast, and um, and then at 10 o'clock, the service will start, we'll honor mothers, and and um, and, and really, it is it is my intention, we'll do, do however the Lord directs us at the moment there, but it is my intention uh, to minister special to, uh, to all the women, to all the mothers, um, even through the anointing oil. Uh, so I, I I honestly believe that if we are going to raise our our children in a godly manner, as the Bible instructs us to, that uh, it it is going to take the anointing of God. Yes. To be upon mothers, to be upon fathers. I should have started with fathers. It is the father's first role 
um, to be a, a husband. It is the father's second role to be a father. Um, and and to be a man of God is required to do either one of those roles properly. And, um, you know, our, our world, our society has uh, not too long ago outright blatant attack. These things have been in existence for, for many years, centuries, millennia. Um, but in our, in our society, a blatant attack against manhood, a blatant attack against fatherhood. Uh, and then now in these last couple years, we have added to it, society has added to it, an attack against women. Um, with uh, the, the degradation of the integrity of women's sports, um, all of those, all of those types of things. Being that, a that homemaker, yeah. It, now it's now it's some kind of weak and come and, on, that's right. I was just talking to my wife position to be a mother uh, in the home about this. They have taken this position as if as if it's subservient or it's substandard. And I told her the other day. I said, you know, Betty homemaker. That that is not a, a derogatory statement. That is a position of power mm-hmm. to be to be a woman who knows how to run her home, to bear her children, to have a business through her home, this is a position of power. The, the, the ridiculousness uh, where it's come down to, and again, I started with fathers uh, and manhood because that's where, that's where our society was several years back. And now, because they have to castrate the man to get to the woman because he's the shield. He was supposed to be the protector. Right. Yeah. So once they, once they brought manhood to its knees— now they can go after womanhood. Who they're uh, so, really at because that's who the seed comes through. So so what they've done now is even to where you can't even define what a woman is. Now, we laugh about it to some degree at some point in time, but in all honesty, it's sad. It's very sad, yeah. and, it, and it, should make us, uh, it should make us angry. And, in, and until good people stand up against that kind of garbage, it's just going to continue to get, get worse and worse. And I just think it's kind of um, more or less disrespectful to women that you cannot define what a woman is. You cannot define what God has said. You know, this is a woman who rears her children. Who, who has a business, who, who, you know, I'm not saying that if you don't have a business, you're not a woman, but I'm saying how far gone have we gotten that we cannot even define what God has clearly laid out in Scripture? Well, uh, you mentioned the business aspect. Uh, in my view, um, part of, part of uh, this long-term agenda of blurring family lines, of blurring gender lines— of blurring roles and responsibilities that fall within the family structure. Part of that agenda goes back several decades when when the the rhetoric started being said towards women that if they are not in the business world, then they're not really all they could be as not a woman. Fierce. And so what what happened was is that pulled the woman out of the home and put the woman into the workforce. And then the children are uh-huh. no longer watched and nurtured and cared for by the one that God created to do that job the best. And so now they're being cared for by somebody else in, in society, by a system uh, that is controlled by government. And so over the course of decades, we have produced new generations of people that, that now grow up dishonoring and disrespecting family lines. So the father is disrespected, the mother is disrespected, and even um, boyhood, girlhood, childhood ends right. up being there disrespected. Is no, there is no lines, there is no barriers for which I can't cross. Everything's a blur now. 
which leads me to deception because well it it is it's beyond leading to deception it is deception but yeah it leads us into further deception for certain yeah i mean cuz truth is finite truth is singular there is only one and it is concrete if there's more than one or if it's malleable it cannot be truth by definition there's only one truth there's only one plumb line and to say that there is no such thing is basically to say that i am god I I am the supreme one. Yeah, that's what humanism has yes. has done. Uh, humanism ends up making it to say that that uh, I am my own god. You are your own god. Well, then what do you end up having? You having you end up having a battle be- of the gods, and so it's man fighting against man all the time instead of us as the creation realizing yes. that we do come from a creator. And that creator is the father, so to speak, of us all, even though we, we choose to, to sell our, our family out to the devil. Um, I don't choose that, but people do. Anyway, uh, but God, the creator of us all, that is the one that whom, whom we should be subject to. And when we stay subject to him, uh, it, it, it really helps. If, if you want peace on earth, real peace comes when people are submitted to God. Oh, let me tell you, bro. That's the only way peace comes. <laughs> I was I was 17, drug addicted, you know, went to prison for five years, got out, even more drug addicted, homeless for a season. I've been on that end of the spectrum. I've been rebellious in the eyes of God. You know, I've been a product of my environment, so to say. And then, you know, God found me. And and I'm telling you, the ways to all the young people who are who are rebellious or doing their own thing or living their own life, I want to tell you, you're not living your own life. You are either on on the side of Satan or you're on the side of Christ. Yeah. There yeah. is no in-between. The greatest lie of the devil is to get you to think that he doesn't exist and that you're living your own life. And I've lived on both sides, friend, and I want to tell you, that living in submission to the one who loves you and the one who is is for you, there's no greater peace than to be submitted and yielded to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Because when he came into my life, it was like my eyes were opened, like a, a brand new baby first living. Like, my gosh, I lived this way for so long. How didn't I know this? How didn't I know that I was in such deception and such you know, sin my whole life. Yeah, you know, you you, you made a really powerful statement uh, about you, you, we think we're living for ourselves, but in reality we're either living for the devil or we're living for God. Um, and it reminded me of something that Jesus said, and uh, you're either gathering or scattering. Now, that's in Matthew chapter 12, and our intention was to get over into the end of Matthew chapter 12, so I'll just go ahead and throw us there now, but uh, a little bit more towards the middle of Matthew chapter 12. This is where Jesus is talking about a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. So they, they're accusing Jesus of healing the sick or casting out devils um, by the power of the devil. And he says, you morons, you know, <laughs> the devil doesn't cast himself out. Nobody casts themselves out because a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Now, I am, I, that was my paraphrase, obviously, right? So anyway, so in verse 30, he says, he that is not with me is against me. And he that does not gather with me is scattering it abroad. So I say to you, 
All manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven. Don't speak a word against... Uh, you can speak a word against the Son of Man, but don't speak a word against the Holy Ghost. It yeah. won't be forgiven you. Um, man, so some very absolute and, and powerful uh, words. And he, and he goes on. He says, you either make a tree good and its fruit good, or else you make the tree corrupt and its fruit corrupt. The tree is known by its fruit. And so, uh, I, I, man, Jesus goes on. He, he talks even more. I, I just got to keep reading this here. Verse 34, you generation of vipers. You know, so for all of you uh, who have a pastor who thinks that Jesus or, or a friend who thinks that Jesus ne- never said anything mean, never said anything harsh. He was always just so kind and fruity. Yeah, listen to this. Jesus says in verse 34, Matthew 12, 34, you generation of vipers, you poisonous, deadly, biting snakes, you. How can you, being evil, calls them evil, mm. speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, he says, your heart is evil and your lips are poisonous. That's what he's saying. He's yeah. literally saying it. Your words are poison. Uh, so, boy, take that for the kindness of God. What did he speak? He spoke truth. And he says, you're either with me or you're against me. You're not just doing your own thing. You're either on God's side or you're on uh, on the side of, of the evil one. And right. so our, our suggestion to you is, as we are about to approach our third and final break, I love these breaks. They come so frequently. They come... But then they're gone. We'll be back. But um, anyway, but uh, you, you either get on God's side or you're, you're on the side of the enemy. And, and I tell you what, there's, there's no enemy worse than God. You don't want to be his enemy, but there's no friend better than God either. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. He's Amen. the best friend. Hey, uh, another break here. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a couple minutes with our fourth and final segment of the day. Welcome back to Ask the Preacher, a call-in talk show where you can have your Bible questions answered with Jonathan Freed. This program is sponsored by Believers Fellowship Church. Well, folks, welcome back. Thank you for uh, being with us this wonderful Friday, just a couple days before Mother's Day, and some of our conversation has centered around that. And I've already given an invitation. I'll give it to you again. But to join us Sunday morning, Mother's Day morning, uh, 8.30 is we will have breakfast for everybody, not just mothers. Uh, and that'll run till, I don't know, 9.30, 9.45, something like that. And then uh, the church service will start at, at 10. So uh, come, and, come and see us on uh, Sunday morning if you'd like. Bring mom with you. Don't yeah. leave mom at home. Um, so 8.30 is when breakfast begins. It'll run for an hour or so, and then service will be at, uh, at 10 o'clock. Um, so, Jonathan, we, we talked a little bit. Um, we've, well, we've, we've talked really, the, our primary thing is not just about moms as much as we honor moms, but the real person to honor is, is God. Um, and I was thinking for just a moment here as a, as a parent, and so I can just imagine if I were to try to, to sit in the, the brain of my mother, um, if I were to honor my mom the most, what would be the things that would make my mother the most excited, happy, proud, pleased. Um, well, number one, that I'm living for Jesus. I have no greater truth or the, no greater joy. I no greater joy than to know that my children, children walk in, in truth. truth. And so, um, folks, you want to make your mama happy? Get your life right with Amen. Jesus. Uh, 
let let her see that. Let the world around you see that. You you will you will not make a mother more proud than that. That's number one. Yeah. And then if you conduct your life, how God instructed us to conduct our life, um, you know, generally speaking, I know stuff happens, but your marriage will stay intact. Your your children will will follow you in the ways of the Lord. Um, and so, man, it makes grandmothers happy and great-grandmothers happy. So you want to make your mom happy this year? Give your life to Jesus. Walk yeah. with God and do it uh, Do it with real integrity, not just not just really to make your mom not happy. Not just lip service or eye service. Yeah, and so I remember one time uh, I was writing a bio for my mother. Uh, we had produced some materials, some some things that my mother had, uh, had, had taught, and uh, I was writing a bio to put on this material— and I started out, I mentioned her name and, you know, where she was born and her age, I guess, things like that. But I said she is the, at the time, she is the mother of three and the grandmother of six. Now she's the grandmother of uh, seven. But um, anyway, at the time, she was the mother of three, the grandmother of six. And, and then I went on into all of her other accolades in life. And so when she read the bio, she said, you think that's my greatest accomplishment? I said, absolutely. <laughs> because even way back, I mean, we're talking 20 years ago, you know, but even way back then, I, I would look at it and say, um, you know, the world has sought to dishonor the idea of, of giving birth, raising children, yes. uh, teaching them, you know. Um, children have been looked at as a burden. I remember when former President Obama made this statement about, I wouldn't want my girls to have the burden of a child. And I think, do you realize what you just called your own daughters? You just called them a burden. Children are not a burden. The Bible says that children are the blessing of the Lord. And so if the children are the blessing, I don't know about you, Jonathan. I Actually, I I do. I don't know about you, listener. I probably do as well. But as far as I know, there is only one type of human being that can have a baby human being, and that is a a, a female— and a mother. Yeah. Only a female can become a mother. That is, it, it, there may be other things that a woman, only a woman can do. An adult biological that, uh, female, female. An adult biological female. There, there may be other things that only a woman can do that a man cannot do, but the greatest is give birth. childbirth. Bring life. Yeah. Childbirth. What a joy. What, what a an blessing. Honor. What an honor. And so uh, to all you mothers out, out there, I, I, I honor you. Um, we came into a situation just uh, not too long ago in our own um, uh, household where we're coming alongside of uh, of, a, of a family. Um, the The girl got pregnant very, very, very young, very young, not ready to be a mom. Well, I applaud her for not having an abortion. I applaud yes. her for giving birth to this young child. Uh, to in this this child such so so precious and gorgeous and people who know me know exactly the situation of what I'm talking about. Um, I, I recognize that there are ages of of women they're just they're not ready to be a mother in many ways, um, but they should see how honorable it is to give birth. It is the in, in all honesty, selfless. it's the most powerful thing that a woman could do is have children. 
and and raise them and raise them well. And so you should be honored to be a woman uh, able to give birth, and you should respect that about yourself. To all you women who have decided um, to maybe leave the workforce and and devote your attention. To your yes. to your husband and to your children. Kudos. Uh, yes, kudos to you. Ten thousand pats on the back. Forget what the world says. Forget you know oh, they're man. wrong anyways. But but respect to you. So we we read some verses a minute ago and talking about evil and good and and knowing a tree by its fruit. And so you could you could look at society and you could say, all right, all of the agendas that have been pushed over the last fifty years has it made us better or has it made us worse? Come on. And so, um, you know, we may have built prettier buildings, but the the structure of the family has degraded, and those are the things that really matter yes. in life. When you talk to a person at the end of their life, um, and you ask them about the things that are most important to them, they will not the talk, building. Yeah, they they will not talk about the building. They will not talk about the boat that they that were, they were able to buy. When they were or the investment they wish they would have made. They're going to talk about their children and their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren. It is the most precious and most valuable things in life. Happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers out there. Um, yeah. You know, Proverbs chapter 31 is, uh, is a tremendous chapter and, and talking about the, the powerful virtues of a godly woman. And so, I, I, if you're if you're a, a woman out there, I would just uh, I really want to encourage you get into Proverbs chapter thirty one and find out well wh- what is a godly woman, what is a godly mother, um, just to to praise uh, you know women and, and mothers and the, the their virtue, um, you know the Holy Spirit was Jesus' father. There was not an earthly man being Jesus' father. But God chose a woman, an earthly woman, to be the mother. So yeah. I, I guess I'll say it this way, a little bit of tongue-in-cheek, but there's still a sense of, uh, of sincerity uh, uh, about this. Um, Jesus was dependent upon a woman to come into the earth. Yeah. That's how valuable the position of womanhood and of childbirth is, mm-hmm. that even God himself needed a woman to bring Jesus into, into the earth. Childbirth is, is the most incredible, most beautiful thing. I watched this little video the other day. Six-year-old boy, he was the only child in the house um, for six years, and then now a little baby is born into the house, and they and they were able to uh, bring the six-year-old to the hospital and to the little clear um, window. Well, literally right up to the bedside, but it's like a little clear bucket. Bassinet thing. Bassinet, yeah. I don't know how, how to explain it otherwise, but plexiglass, you know. And the little six-year-old began to break down into tears and said, I love you. You're my best friend forever. Oh, it was so precious. Even that little six-year-old realized the value of what was uh, right there in front of his own eyes. And so uh, happy Mother's Day to you again. All right, I want to finish reading out of Matthew chapter 12, and we only have a moment left here. Um, so we were reading earlier out of Matthew chapter 12. We'll, we'll jump down uh, to the end of the chapter, and there's a there's a bunch of people around, and uh, they came and said uh, to Jesus, you know, the house is crowded, and they, they came and they said, hey, Jesus, your mom and your brother, they're outside looking for you. They want to talk to you. And Jesus said to, to them, uh, look, look around you. Your mother and your brother, uh, they're, they're standing outside. Well, I'm sorry. I, I'm reading the wrong verse here. 47, your mother and brother are standing outside. They want to talk with you. And Jesus answered and said to them, to him, to the person who comes and says this, 
Who is my mother? And who are my brothers? And he stretched forth his hand towards his disciples, and he said, Look, my mother and my brothers are here. Whoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same as my brother and my sister and my mother. Just puts another emphasis on the family of God. Yeah. The family of God does the will of the Father God. And so if, if you call yourself a child of God, then you must do his will. You must do his will. Be a good family member and do the will of the Father. Yeah. yeah. So happy Mother's Day. We honor you, moms. Uh, we honor you, ladies, and those who desire to be a mom, or maybe you've lost your children, you've gone through a lot of hard stuff. Um, Jesus will help you through through the rest of your life. Whatever the circumstances of life have thrown at you, Jesus is there for you. We love you. God bless you. We hope to see you this Sunday. Bye-bye.